I'm a real supersonic, pass the ball like magic. Sean Kim or Larry Bird, the old school Mavericks. I got basketball cards, gonna sing a little more. I got basketball cards, now enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Godfather Nate Milton. And right now, I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, show me your basketball cards. In the spirit of the great names of the past, like Dikembe Mutombo, and not Michael Jordan, but Baby Jordan, Harold Miner, Drazen, Arvidas, J.R. Ryder bringing that East Bay funk. I bring to you the man who met World Be Free and Danny Ferry, your host and my brother, Zaire, also known as Bandana Z. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to my basketball cards. I'm your host, Zaire. I don't think I said my name in the last two episodes. Anyway, that's not the most important thing in the world. We are back here talking about players in six minutes or less. Here we are with 1989 Carl Malone Hoops card. If you listen to this series, you know that Hoops, 1989, my favorite uh, set of cards ever because they were the first ones I ever got as far as basketball is concerned. Now, we're talking about Carl Malone in 1989. I think that's a very important season for him because it's the year where he really, really solidified himself as one of the best players in the NBA. Um, you know, when he got drafted in 85, I don't think anybody would have thought he was going to be the best player or arguably the best power forward ever. Um, he was going to be, you know, one of the top scorers in NBA history. I don't think anybody would have predicted that. I don't even know if he would have predicted that because when he got drafted, when he was actually getting worked out, um, he was getting worked out by the Cavaliers because he thought the Cavaliers were going to draft him. And what ended up happening, he got worked out with a guy by the name of Mel Turpin, who at the time was a solid, you know, NBA power forward slash center. Um, had some talent, but a lot of people thought he was lazy. But all that being said, he was more than capable. And Carmelo worked out against him. And Carmelo said, you know what? If this guy's in the NBA, then I know I can be in the NBA. So he thought the Cavs were going to draft him. Well, that didn't happen. And we talked about in previous episodes how misrun the Cavs were uh, <laughs> during that time period. They missed out on a lot of talent. Um, Carmelo being one of them. James Worthy, another. But we ain't going to go down that rabbit, rabbit hole. Anyway. Carmelo went on to become the second leading scorer in NBA history, 36,928 points, second leading uh, or eighth leading rebounder all time in, uh, check that, seventh leading rebounder all time in NBA history with 14,968 boards. Um, just a phenomenal basketball player. And no one would have thought it early on, but he worked hard. He wasn't, uh, we had Chucky Brown on the show um, in the previous season, and, and he didn't have Chucky Brown even said Carmelo did not have like the most moves. He wasn't the most. Um, he wasn't like Hakeem Olajuwon, where you went, "Wow, I can't believe the footwork and all of that." He just was strong and he worked hard, and his hard work was insane, and it got him to the level where he became one of the best players ever. Uh, so his first season, he only averaged what fourteen point nine points per game, eight point nine rebounds. It was Adrian Dantley's team. And, you know, who would have thought that the Jazz would have moved on from Adrian Dantley, but they did. And Carl Malone after that 
never averaged less than 20 points per game after that until his final year with the Lakers in 2003-2004 when he was 40 years old. Um, so before that, from, from 1986 to, ni- to 2003, he averaged more than 21.7 points per game every year, or actually more than 20.6 points per game every year, which is amazing. But in 88-89, 29.1 points per game, 10.7 rebounds per game. This is coming off of an 87-88 when he averaged 27.7 points per game and 12 rebounds per game. Um, uh, just an amazing ball player. Like, like the next year in, in 89-90, Check this. Yeah, 89, 90, 31 points per game. That was his career high. So at 89, 90, you knew, okay, this guy's the man. But I think that 88, 89 season was really important because it just solidified the year before. Like, okay, the year before you sit there and go, okay, Carl Malone is doing his thing. But when you do it two times, you average over 27 points per game two years in a row. It's not a fluke. And um, for, let's see, from 88 to 1994, he averaged 27 points per game or more every single one of those seasons. And had a couple more seasons, uh, 96, 97, and 97, 98 at 33 and 34 years old, where he averaged over 27 points per game during those two seasons as well. Um, Like I said, no one saw that coming. If they would have saw it coming, he would not have been drafted 13th in the 1985 NBA draft. He would have been drafted way higher. <laughs> but um, he definitely surpassed a lot of names that people thought were better than him uh, during his time period. During the 88-89 season, he had five games where he scored 40 points or more. And um, during those games, Utah went five and four. Three and two, actually. But his season high was a 44-point game against Philadelphia. It was a 12-point loss. And I'm sure he crossed paths with Charles Barkley. He went 15-22. to Charles Barkley, in the win, had 24 points. So Carmelo outplayed Charles Barkley. And you say, like, hands down, power forward. I would say Carmelo is a better power forward than Charles Barkley. I just think. I probably would rather have Charles Barkley at his peak because he could play multiple spots. Like he could, you could put him against small forwards, power forwards, centers, even two guards at times. You know what I'm saying? So he he could play more versatilely. Anyway, this is my basketball cards. We just went over Carl Malone's rise in the NBA, and his 88-89 season was a big part of it. And he just went hard for a long time, and is one of the greatest ever.